The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2022 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycindy.com. John says it's sealed. No one can open it. 
No one can understand it. No one can discern it. Let's keep going. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Now, we've done no justice to the angels in our culture. Uh, we've domesticated them so much that they're fight fat, chubby, white kids with diapers and halos and, and uh, wings floating around. You know, precious moments, right? But what's problematic about that is every time an angel shows up on the earth, what's their first words? Fear not. Don't be afraid. If a fat, chubby, white kid in a diaper comes into your house, you're not going to be afraid. Right? So here we have a mighty angel. The way scholars talk about mighty angels is they are warrior messengers. They're always sent to do God's bidding, to proclaim God's message to the earth, and they are warriors. In 2 Kings 11, one angel of the Lord with one sword killed 185,000 Assyrians who were the uh, enemies of God's people. One angel. These were bad dudes. And this mighty angel proclaimed with a loud voice is saying, who is worthy to open the scroll? Isn't that everybody's question? I want to know what's in that scroll. I want, I want some explanation. I want to understand what happened in my life, why the world is the way it is. I need somebody to open that scroll. Verse 3. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Friend, you'd weep too. If I were to tell you, there's no explanation. What happened to you is chance. What happened to you, I'm sorry, but there's no explanation. No one's going to be able to find it. No one's going to fix it. No one's going to make sense of it. There's going to be no restoration. There's going to be redemption. It just is what it is. It's just chance. Friend, if, if, that was, if that was the end of the story, I would weep loudly too. Are you kidding me? All this pain, all this struggle, all this difficulty, all this confusion, all the mindlessness in the world, all the pettiness in the world, all the hypocrisy in the world, all the anger and evil, there is no explanation for this. And I would just weep as John did. Just let that land on you for a minute. If this, if this were the end of the story, this is the worst verse in the Bible. There's no word to open the scroll. Lament is a real part of our existence. We should lament the pain in the world, but that's not the end of the story. Look at verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, notice the shift in who's talking now. It was a mighty angel before, now it's a human. An elder, one who's lived on the earth, said, hey, John, don't weep. Weep no more. There is one. It's another human. It's the line. He's from the tribe of Judah. In the Old Testament, Judah was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And God made a prophecy to that tribe. From you, Judah, it's going to come a ruler of Israel, and he'll reign forever. He's from the root of David. You see what it says? That David was the king of Israel, but at his root is this king. Don't weep anymore. There's a king, and he's the king of the beast. He's a lion, and he has conquered. We're going to get to the compassion and grace of the Lamb in just a second. But you need to stay here for just a second. Because the way this scroll is opened and its seals unfurled is by conquering. Jesus intends to conquer all your and my enemies. Sin is going to be conquered. 
Darkness is going to be conquered. Death is going to be conquered. The devil is going to be conquered. Why? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy. It's a king. And he intends to bring a kingdom that will have no end. And not even the gates of hell in his name. And John says to the elders, says, so the first thing you need to understand about the scope of God's redemption is it's deep personal. He's coming to you. This lion is roaring in your heart. He wants to overcome all of your enemies, all of your addictions, all of your brokenness, all of your sorrow. All of it is going to be made new. And he intends to do that. He's just going to start with what he's preaching on. This is doing such an amazing job preaching on it. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though he'd been slain, with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, set on all the way. And I thought we were talking about a lion. We are. Now we're talking about the other side of this conquering lion, who's a lamb. And notice what's happened here. You've got the throne room, the four living creatures. Don't get hung up as Hollywood have you. Is it an eagle or a buffalo or a mosquito or a monkey or a rhinoceros? Is it a fish? Is it... Don't get hung up. Four living creatures. North, south, east, and west. It's all the creation. The elders are here. The creatures are here. And there's... the creatures are here. The throne is here. And in between them, as mediator, is a lamb who had been slain. You have one that stands between you and God on your behalf, and it's the slain lamb. We've talked about this. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he stands between earth and the creatures and the elders and the humans, and he stands before God and pleads on your behalf. These are mine. And it says that this lamb has seven eyes and seven horns, or seven horns and seven eyes for the servant. Again, don't get all goulash and Hollywood on his eyes. Don't see a man. Because in the Old Testament, 12 tribes of Israel, and the New Testament, 12 disciples, 
Old Testament, New Testament, creation, all the time, all of history, all of creation, see this lamb going to their God, taking the scroll of the slain lamb, and they fall down and they worship. The totality of the redemption is come. The lamb has been slain. And he's taking the scroll, and he's going to open it. He's going to make sense of everything. And the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. And this notices parentheses. This is the end, and tomorrow. And they're holding in their hands golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of saints. Listen, if you, don't, if you don't walk away from this conference with anything, walk away and pray personally. Because what I'm telling you from this passage is that as this scroll is being unfurled, and the Lamb is taking it from the, from the throne of God, from the right hand of the throne of God, What's burning in God's presence incessantly and perpetually is your prayers. I don't know how this works. What I do know is the scriptures tell me that as God accomplishes his purposes on the earth, he does it through the prayers of the saints. People pray. Learn how to pray. Pray with others. Pray, pray, pray. We'll talk about that later. And that, who, who's that? The living creatures and the elders. They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you raised some people for God from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language. And, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The second scope of God's redemption is that it's He does it in you personally, and he begins to do it with every nation, every tribe, every people. It's all his. And he intends to have a witness in every continent, in every tribe, in every people group. The salvation of God, the redemption of God is global. Let's finish the passage. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. Stop there. You got the elders, you got the living creatures, and now you have the angels. This is heaven and earth coming together. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Here you have heaven and earth together around this world as history is being unfurled, as the Lamb of God makes sense of God's purposes through his slain blood, and they are saying this. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. You see the totality of this? And all that is in them say, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Do you see the totality of this mission? Look at how vicious. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And others about that worship. Why does it end like that? So the four living creatures represent all of creation. What they say about the word Amen. Amen is not the red button on your prayer life. You got a green button to call God and a red button to hang out with God. That's not Amen. Amen literally means so let be. You say amen to your prayers. I hope you pray something that's worthy of saying, so let it be. Here, you living creatures, 
having seen this whole scene in the world, the Lamb has taken the scroll, and it's going to be unrolled. He, he has been slain for all people groups on the planet, and the creation says, yes, finally, let me. I'm going to drop this little tarmac. The creation itself is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Because when the sons and daughters of God are revealed by all their God will accomplish his good purposes of his kingdom through us. So the creation itself says, Amen. So let me. So the third scope of God's mission is creation. So what is the scope of God's mission? It's personal, it's global, and it's all creation. Let me give you a few thoughts on application. Starts with you and then becomes a 
tree of his life all around me. There's a global nature. And then there's a creational aspect. I make the creation new. Those trees become a forest. And friend, I, I don't know where that is. I love being around probably in the smoky somewhere. Let that be your vision of the mission of God. It's bigger than that, but that's a lot bigger than you're dreaming right now. That's what God intends to do with your life, is make you and I into a forest that's an ecosystem of life to the world. Creation itself is growing from this. Here's all I want you to think about this. Every one of you is on a college campus. Some are on big campuses, some are on small. But I guarantee every one of your campuses is diverse, as diverse as, 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 as we can imagine. You have people from every nation and tribe on your campus. Don't you? you also have just about every facet of creation on your campus. You have people who study the mosquitoes, and you have people who study the weather on Mars, and everything in between on your campus. Do you think that's a mistake? Do you think that's omniscient God who has rescued the, the, the nations with his seven eyes, seven horns, seven spirits, did not know that in 2023 that he would have a, a world full of college students who go to institutions that actually embody his whole global mission? That is surprise God. In fact, he set it up on a team for us. You go next door to the nations. You go next door to classrooms that are dealing with creation and thinking about things. Friends, you're a college student. If this doesn't get you out of bed with a different mentality and force you away from the petty, superficial, silly things that you get engaged with, I don't know what will. God intends to use you as a biologist to change the world. God intends to use you as a school teacher, as a nurse, as a lawyer, as a scientist. Whatever it is, he intends to get glory out of all of creation for your life. And you're in a place that has that at a microcosmic team. When you walk into the library at the University of Kentucky, on the wall, engraved, is this quote by a guy, Frank X. Walker. Let men and women come here as seeds. Let us invest in them until they form sufficient roots and leaves to obtain their own food. Let them grow from here, not just trees, but fruit-bearing, deeply-rooted forests. That's on the wall at the University of Kentucky. Why? Because God's scope of mission personal, and it's global, and it's creational. And he's listening to you This is how Jesus said it. He said, the hardest is wonderful, but the workers are few. Pray in the front room, in the bowl of incense, pray to the Lord of the harvest, send out workers into his harvest. Friends, I can guarantee you, I'm just one man, and I've got on my phone, 40 plus texts of men and women that I texted before I came here that are praying this exact prayer for you right now. This is me. What if you start praying that? 900 of you get 40 people that are praying the Lord of the Harvest that are working in the harvest field, and those 900 get 900, and we multiply this out. You're talking about God's global mission being realized. So this is Matthew 9, 36, last verse of Matthew. Which then makes Matthew 10 one the obvious next passage, right? You also have a child education major. That's not that smart. But you know what Matthew 10 1 says? He tells his disciples to pray this. And in Matthew 
go about. They were the answer to their own prayers. So be ready. You start praying this. God, I pray that you send out workers into my family. I pray that you send out workers into my, my college. I pray that you send out workers into my sorority. I pray that you send out workers into this nation. He's going to send you. You're going to be the answer to your own question. That's an exciting image. And so I hope that you leave here excited about this global vision because the scope of God's vision is that big. In a room this size, it, 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 it juices me to one that many of you will leave here tonight with a renewed vision, or maybe a vision for the first time, that God might actually use your life to impact the whole creation. Amen? Let's pray together. And let's worship this God who has called us. Father, thank you for the privilege of looking out over these several hundred people that have come here to hear from you. And we can see from this passage and so many others without a shadow of a doubt, this is your will. That the, the nations are reached. That all of creation is liberated from death and destruction. And every individual heart in this room finds healing, deep healing. So that I pray, as you instructed us to pray, that you would send out workers into the harvest field of our schools, of our families, and of the entire world. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to lift our heads from the trivial things of our life, keep us from the distractions of this world, and let us have a singular focus on your mission in the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.